Hey everybody, today we're here debating the black pill and we are starting right now with Wheat Waffles opening statement. Thanks so much, Wheat Waffles, for being with us. The floor is all yours. Okay, <laughs> I, I was getting a little bit confused there, um, but I guess I'm free to start now. Um, right, so the black pill, um, you know, my channel and a few other guys in the same space, uh, I would say that we're mainly trying to bring three main points to the table. Um you know, when it comes to women's attraction, uh, dating, like our philosophy kind of revolves around these three points. And the first one, the first pillar is uh, hypergamy. So it's the idea that women only date up. They only want to date a guy that is at the very least equal, if not higher um, in terms of SMV than themselves. Um, and that's the first tenet. The second one is the importance of look. So um, when I'm talking about hypergamy, it's mainly in the dimension that women want to date guys that are equal or better looking than themselves. So I'm not necessarily talking about money, confidence or uh, status, you know, things like that. Not that those things don't come into the equation. They do, um, you know, they do have a, at least some, uh, you know, portion of your SMV is made up of that stuff. Uh, but for the most part, your looks is the main, like, you know, doing most of the legwork in terms of your SMV. So most women want to date guys that are equal, if not more attractive than them. Um, and then the final tenet is the importance of genetics. So as one more extension, when I'm talking about the importance of looks, I'm less so talking about um, your like facial hair, your grooming, your haircut, uh, even physique. I do think physique is really important. That's probably the most important thing after the genetic factors, if not on par. Uh, but for the most part, I believe the genetic factors of looks are the most important. So your face and your height, namely. Um, that's not to say that your physique isn't that important. I'd probably say that comes in a close third. If I had to put specific numbers on it, I would say it's 50 face, 30 height, and then 20 uh, body um, you know, but you can even see by those numbers that the genetic factors are the most important. So just to summarize again, the three main points that I'm trying to bring to the table uh, on my channel and in these debates is one, hypergamy, women want to stay up, two, the importance of looks, and three, the importance of genetics. Uh, I think that's gives everyone a clear picture of what I'm talking about. And I'll hand it over to the next you got it. Thank you very much for that opening, Wheat Waffles. And want to let you know, folks, we hope you're welcome, or we hope you feel welcome, no matter what walk of life you are from. Black pill, red pill, wash pill, you name it. We are glad that you are here. This is Modern Day Debate. I'm your host, James Coons. And want to say we are absolutely thrilled for our upcoming in-person conference. As you can see at the bottom right of your screen, DebateCon 3.1 is happening happening saturday april 22nd in fort worth texas you don't want to miss those debates it's going to be epic so hit that subscribe button as those debates will be on this channel and with that thank you very much for being with us as well vosh the floor is all yours um <clears throat> yeah so um i guess the um the problem that we're going to have from the onset is that I don't necessarily think I disagree with a lot of the central tenets that Wheat Waffles has put forward here. The problem is, is that these characteristics are ubiquitous between men and women, not just something that men uh, experience from women. Obviously, of course, men care a lot about women's appearances. You know, it's not as though um, 
you know, all men are like totally ambivalent saints who just care about a woman's personality and the looks are totally secondary. Like we place a very high emphasis on um, a woman's appearance. And a large part of that is genetic. It's true. We don't care as much about women's height as a general characteristic of their appearance. But there are other things like their face symmetry, um, the strength of their jaw, the recess of their chin, things that affect men and women both when it comes to their perception of beauty um, that we absolutely do care about. I agree that we have some unfair and selfish uh, tendencies and biases when it comes to dating people. But I don't I don't like the black pill rhetoric because, for one, um, nothing's guaranteed. I've known in my life plenty of people who I would consider unattractive, and I'm into guys too, so I'm qualified to judge, um, who nonetheless, uh, you know, shack up with some impressively attractive women. Um, and I know guys who are like really hot and doing pretty well for themselves and are pretty, you know, like tall, who aren't able to get a girlfriend, mostly because they're kind of like weird and repellent. They're not good at opening up to people. Usually that is the big problem, by the way. It's not that guys are too weird. Girls don't mind weird guys for the most part. I, I think for the most part, weirdness is like an over-attributed um, cause of relationship problems. I think it's actually more an inability to open up or be emotionally clear with others. I think that tends to bite men in the ass a lot more because guys are kind of taught, you know, like women will be um, uh, super um, put off or disinterested or creeped out if you share your feelings with them. So yeah, no, um, to the extent that there are... Uh, Bits of unfairness, I fully agree, but I don't think it warrants like a black pill attitude towards the issue. Thank you very much for that opening as well. And folks, I want to say if you have enough a question, feel free to fire it into the old live chat. If you tag me with at Modern Day Debate, that helps me to see your questions. And also want to remind you first that our guests are linked in the description. So if you want to hear more, just keep that in mind. And that includes the podcast. As Modern Day Debate does put every debate on our podcast within 24 hours of the show being live, where we link our guests there as well. If you haven't yet, pull out your favorite podcast app and find Modern Day Debate and follow us there so you can listen on the go. With that, thanks very much, Vosh and Wheat Waffles. The floor is all yours for open dialogue. Howdy, yeah. <laughs> I was getting confused there if uh, you was going to talk first or um, if I was going to say the first, first things. Uh, did you have anything to respond initially to uh, the points I said? Nothing besides the opening that I love it. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, well, I guess I'll uh, kick off then. Um, I wish I had my phone with me straight away because uh, you did say a lot of things and I only realised halfway through that um, you, know, you were making a lot of points, so... Uh, I was only able to go off memory, basically. I might need to ask for a few reminders of the uh, points that you addressed. Um, That's fine. I actually tried yeah, yeah. to open up my notes app to write down the points you were making, but then Windows 11 denied me the ability to search within my own apps. So I just kind of like also tried to commit the memory. So we're actually okay. on an equal playing field here. Yeah, okay. Well, the first thing that I remember, wait, do you, are you gay or bisexual? Because I'm, I'm pretty I'm sure I heard you said that you were into guys or something i'm pan i'm into both into into both what's so it by what, what's pan and what's like, like what a bi, means yeah, bisexual like a, yeah like i'm bisexual and what what's pan then why why do you say that it's uh it's the zoomer term for bisexual oh is it okay okay yeah um and then you said that because you're pan um you're into guys you know um what guys are attractive uh, you know, if if a guy is attractive or not, and 
if they if their attractiveness warrants them getting girls. But I don't think that's a particularly good argument because there's a difference between the female gaze and the male gaze. Like what is attractive in the gay community isn't necessarily attractive in the uh you know straight community. Like, you know, just to give an example, well, to be honest, you probably know more about this than me, but I'm pretty sure um, in the gay community, like, it's a similar dynamic going on in the straight community. Um, there's the masculine role and then there's the feminine role. And the masculine role person in the in a gay relationship, like, he might actually be quite attractive to a lot of uh, women as well, even though he's not necessarily trying to date them. But as for the... Uh, you know, feminine role men in the gay community. I doubt that they would be very attractive to um, a lot of women. Well, it, Do you know it what I'm saying? Do you see on, my point? No, I, I get your point. I agree there's not a full parallel, though um, I, I do think there's a bit more crossover than a lot of people think. Um, it is true that, like, it really depends on the market you're in, right? Like, for example, if um, I'm masculine, if I went over and like tried Tinder dating in like, I don't know, some rural part of Kentucky and all the girls over there were like, yeehaw, howdy, howdy, overalls, farmer girls, you know, um, they would pro probably find my city slick in ways to be pretty metrosexual for their taste. I would probably come off like a huge homo to them. Um, I mean, I'm not wearing overalls right now. Like that on its own is a sign that I love cock, right? At least in their minds. Um, there's a lot of culture overlap here. But at the end of the day, I really do think that a good personality and like a good attitude and get people really, really far. And the, I, I don't, I don't take issue with the idea that there are like biases when it comes to appearance. Cause of course, of course there are, right. Um, the main issue that I have is the idea that these biases are so overwhelming that they warrant people giving up, which is kind of the central tend of the black pill, right? Like lie down and rot the idea that, um, you that's know, a bit of a far-fetched, uh, implication to make. That's not is that at all. Not is that not no. like the central tenant no. of the black belt? No, <laughs> no, that's not even remotely close. Not even close to the three things that I stated at the start. Um, I'm not sure where you got that idea from. The only thing that I can speculate is that from the outside, like outsiders who look at the black pill community, if you scroll down to the comment section of you know certain content creators' videos, you're going to see like those five percent of guys who are like you know quite extreme, quite nihilistic. Like I, the way I describe it, um, and there's other people in this space who agree with me on this. There's two types of black pillars for the most part. Um, you got the loud minority who are like the basement dwellers, um, you know, who are spending uh, ten hours a day on YouTube and Discord just talking about black pill, like you know how um, like chads get all of the women and you know you, all of that stuff, like basically guys that are quite nihilistic and that's probably only about five to 10% of the community. But then the other 90%, um, they're like people like me who are actually, um, you know, a lot of them are actually faring quite well in dating. Um, you know, they don't necessarily have any problems and they're not bitter. Like they're watching my content and other people in the spaces content to learn more about dating, to learn more about how it works, then they can use that knowledge uh, in order to better their own chances, if you know what I'm saying. Like that, it, to, put, to put it simply, like you've got the realists and then you've got the nihilists. Yeah, I, I get that. But if that's the case, if the underlying argument is that people try to date up, um, people can be kind of 
can, can be kind of selfish and shallow. I mean, isn't that ubiquitous? That's that's kind of like a universal truth. I certainly know the black people didn't invent the idea that women care about height and jawlines and chins and what have you. I mean, that's that goes back quite a while. I mean, probably about as long as we have a concept of aesthetics to even discuss. There are more severe implications to the um, black pill discourse online. The idea that this is um, this requires some kind of like immediate political change or that there's some. Uh, uh, you know, like um, overriding societal bias against men that's fucking them over. Like, there's there's always a, a greater prescription than that, no? Oh, you'd be extremely surprised. Um, I think the mainstream and most people are incredibly blue-pilled. And for anyone who doesn't know what blue-pilled means, it's basically, you know, the opposite of black pill, that, you know, it's all of this wishy-washy, feel-good dating advice that isn't actually tangible. Um, and you're saying that most people aren't that. But I think that's that is what well, most people are, and that's what the mainstream. Well, wait, wait, wait. Just one example quickly most before people know you respond. Oh no, 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 no. Okay. It, right. The video I uploaded today um was called Is Beauty Really in the Eye of the Beholder? If you ask mum and dad, if you ask teachers, the mainstream media, the vast majority of them is gonna say, Yes, it is. Beauty is in the eye of the beholder. But that goes against exactly what you just said. You said that most people know that uh, women want taller guys and better looking guys and men want better looking women. Like, But if you look at the mainstream, that's just not the case. Most people in the mainstream are saying that beauty is in the eye, eye of the beholder. But I don't think those statements contradict each other. Beauty is objectively in the eye of the beholder. There's no objective aesthetic for standards. But that doesn't what? mean that people don't have general tendencies and preferences. Like people, for example... Um, people tend to prefer aesthetic features. Uh, sorry, not aesthetic. Um, aesthetically symmetrical features. For the most part, yes. we have a bias towards um, symmetry when it comes to people's face structure, but not universally. There are bits of asymmetry that people can find attractive. Sometimes it's like a chipped tooth. Sometimes it's like, uh, I, I know it sounds weird, but some people think like, like lazy eyes are quite cute. Like if a person has kind of like a, like a wall-eyed look to them a little bit, like some people find that endearing. I've seen people talk about that. So that would be like people having subjective preferences that deviate from basically like hard-lined biological preferences towards symmetry. So in that respect, you could simultaneously acknowledge, okay, like most people care about these things, but also, you know, there's a lot of individual variants. I mean, God, have you seen Okay, I, I've never heard of those... I've never heard of those examples that you've given. Any biological um, deformity, such as the ones you mentioned there, uh, you know, like lazy eyes and uh, a chipped tooth, I think that would unanimously be considered unattractive. Okay, maybe besides like 0.1%, because I've never heard those examples. And the reasoning is quite simple when you look at evolution, because anyone who has these problems, you know, is going to show that they have a less chance of survival, um, you know, so that, um, like, well, you know, no, less, that's... less, less, you're less likely going to want to reproduce with these people. Whereas, think... let me just, let me just say one more thing, sure, sure. but in, I think what you could have used as a better example is something which is more of a niche. Like I, yeah, that's, this is the part where I do think that looks are subjective and beauty can be in the eye of the beholder, but it's still quite limited. It's only like 10%. It's when we're talking about these niches, because, Okay, here's here's a good example. Um, like you know, not all things are like objectively superior in terms of survivability uh, and genetics. Like some things might be better suited and adapted to one environment. Like for example, if you are close to the equator, then you know having more melanin in your skin is better adapted. So that might be more attractive in that region. But you know, the further you go north, 
um, you know, to the poles, then that's when fairer skin is going to be uh, better adapted. And then that becomes more attractive. You know what I'm saying? So but neither one is objectively more attractive. It's dependent on how adapted it is to the environment. There are internal contradictions in your arguments here that I want to lay out. First of all, if any number of people believe that a characteristic that is conventionally unattractive is attractive that is like a deviation from our bias towards symmetry even like marilyn monroe like beauty moles right um they're considered like a charming flaw a charming defect um additionally like what we find attractive is heavily socially determined it's not all evolution like you can go back through time and see the kinds of people that get painted for example like more rubenesque women or if you go back and find like it used to be more attractive for guys to be super super pale because it means they were wealthy enough they didn't have to work in the field but nowadays like having a tan means you're wealthy enough to go to a tanning salon but that's not like evolution that's just a trend and a bias in the kinds of appearances that you see demonstrated by the ultra wealthy in media you know when you when you hear hear about like what a beautiful person is a lot of that is sort of socially informed look at the difference right now between like what an ideal woman looked like 30 years ago and what one looks like now 30 years ago they were all wayfish cocaine addicted blonde white women and then you had sir mix you know seminal thesis um baby got back and now kardashians are like the apex of modern beauty evolutionarily nothing changed between now and then it's just a matter of like what social trends we follow there is some um you know degree of cultural shift in terms of what determines beauty um you know for example like k-pop um you know that's exploded in the last uh decade or so and you know there's a lot higher demand for guys who are asian you know embracing like the pretty boy like slightly feminized appearance like that's increased mainly off the back of um like k-pop going up um you know so I'm not denying the fact that cultural shift can influence what is deemed attractive to the community at that point. Um, but, you know, you can never forget the biological and evolutionary roots of what makes attractiveness. Like I'm talking things like symmetry, low body fat percentage, clear skin, um, you know, a full head of hair. But there like, are these examples things are, of all those. These things are unanimously. Yeah, okay, yeah, fair Not enough. You like, you're going to have a small percentage of women that like bald guys. Um, you know, that you're always going to have a market for that. A uh, lot of women like chubby, like dad bod guys. That's oh, not even like no, a small... that's the biggest cope. No, it's that's no, the biggest cope. Dog, that's not true. Dog, it's not a cope. Women legit do not care. Like I'm, I'm not built, and I've never had an issue. Like not once in my life. Um, I, I guarantee you would have more results if you was lean. Like if you got um, yeah with guys with other health. guys. Uh, no, like over like i very few guys have abs um they're really not that common like if you're in college maybe because like young guys they have more free time you have more people who are working out but like once you're in your late 20s to 30s or whatever very very few guys have abs so i i don't think women in that environment are like okay well i'll date a guy but only if he has abs because if they did that like they'd be fighting over an incredibly small minority of guys the dad bod love shit you see you see tweets going viral with like a third of a million likes on like girls thirsting over guys who have kind of like like built shoulders and a dad belly you know what i mean no it's it's not true like the dad bod thing uh is is a complete myth um I'll, I'll say my point first but then i want to give an example uh on my screen i'm not sure if i'll be allowed to share my screen i'm not sure if that's the sort of thing that you do on a these sorts of uh, debates, but I'll get that example in a sec. It would take me a couple seconds to find it as well. But anyway, my general take on the dad bod thing is that 
like if you ask women if they like a dad bod, then they'll say like, yeah, of course I do. Yeah, um, you know, I, I like a guy who doesn't take himself too seriously. You know, uh, maybe he does a little bit of exercise, but he's not in the gym every day. Like that's what they'll say. Um, you know, and the picture they have in their mind is some guy who actually has a top 20% physique. And that's what they think is a dad bod. But an actual dad bod is some guy who's got 25% body fat, um, you know, not in shape, like is drinking 10 beers per week. Like it, it's just not attractive. Like there's a huge disparity. That's not that much. That's, that's well higher. Um, you know, fair enough. It might be like average. If you look at broader society, like in America, the average body fat of the population is probably like 25 or 30 percent because there's a lot of overweight and obese people over there. But that doesn't mean it's healthy. Like the ideal body fat percentage for guys in terms of objective attractiveness is but somewhere between 10 and 12 percent body fat. Okay, wait, 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 you look wait, wait, at the wait. models that are getting hired. Um, they're all lean. They're all okay. in that sub 15 percent range. But there have been studies that have shown that the kinds of appearances that you see in models is not the kind of appearance that people go for like objectively day to day. I think there was a study on like American men and they were asked like what their ideal shape is for a woman. And it ended up being something like a, like a size eight or size 10 dress, like a lot curvier than your average Hollywood actress. And they've done the oh, same yeah, thing with that's women. True. And it's like the average guy on like Hollywood screens is like fucking yoked, you know, like like Chris Pratt or or like um, Hemsworth or whatever. But then if you ask women like, OK, what what of these body fat percentages are you into? They usually choose guys who are like a little soft, you know, like a little bit. Chubby. No, 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 no. They would always choose the guy who's lean. No, but there's a disparity in terms of um, how much muscle he has. So I believe that the average woman you know, wouldn't want probably as much muscle as, say, uh, Chris Hemsworth. But the image that gets tossed around a lot in the community of what women like as an ideal body on a guy is uh, Brad Pitt from Fight Club. Yeah, because you're and listening to he's still to 10% men. body fat. He's no, still listen, 10% body fat. Nobody, but, nobody um, uses that picture of muscle. Nobody uses that picture of Brad Pitt except men. I have never seen a woman post that picture. It's always men going, this is what women like. Trust me, I've been on 4chan. I'm 29. I've been on the internet long enough. I watched Fight Club when it came out. Everyone who posts Brad Pitt is like, yeah, dude, this is what women like. Go on social media. Women are thirst posting over Slavoj Žižek. Like, the, women are insane. They're all brain damaged. They, they don't. People don't look like Brad Pitt in real life. Like one guy does, and it's Brad Pitt 30 years ago. Um, I, the problem that I have is like, this is what I mean about the echo chamber, where like you've worked out a lot because I've seen your videos. You're in really good shape. So you're justifying to yourself like, okay, well, I have to be this or X, Y. Let's be real. No, you don't. And no, anyone doesn't. Um, your body is impressive and you should be proud of it. But the problem that I have is this idea that's like a bunch of guys amping themselves up in an echo chamber with like 99.8% view ratios, men to women on like, listen, man, this is what women want. This is what women want. This is what women want. And if you go outside, like women are with fucking anything. Women are dating rocks. Women, women are dating, women are dating fucking like weird, greasy hippies, 12 years older than they are. I have no idea. Women are insane. You know, this is uh, not, this is extremely so far and few between. You're like, you're looking at the, the difference between me and you that I've noticed just in these first uh, opening minutes is that you're looking at all of these exceptions and I'm looking at the rule. Like I'm focusing on the rule. You're focusing on the exceptions. Like the, if you look at the general rules, um, women want guys who are lean, 
with, you know, not skinny, like have a decent amount of muscle, chiseled jawline, full head of hair, clear skin, symmetrical face, yada, yada, yada. You get the point. I'm not denying the fact that there's women out there that date rocks. Like I've seen the headlines, you know, the sensationalist articles or whatever. Like I married a tree. Like I've seen it before, but this is like one in a billion woman. There's 8 billion people in the world. Of course, you're going to have one woman who's completely lost her it's, nut it's not and, if you, you go know, outside dating. it's not one in a billion you see women and men with arms around each other and the guys are just like these dudes all the time like the women are beautiful and the guys are just like dudes this is one of the problems with men is that like they all try to be fucking ugly you know women put a lot of effort into their appearances they go to salons they like study up in aesthetic trends and fashion they buy cute clothes whatever and then even guys who take care of themselves just wear shorts and polos like they, they, it's not like they go and do makeup it's not like they go and you know do their nails or whatever so there's but a, a lot of women focus balance. on the wrong things no guys care about nails on a woman like they're mainly doing that to impress other women or, you know, for their own self. You're posting Brad Pitt to other men. But, no, but as in guys care more about physique because they know that actually matters. There's twice, you know, you say that women care more about their appearance than guys do. There's twice as many guys in the gym than there are women, if not more. Because I'd actually say based on, you know, visual, it's probably more like three times as many guys in the gym as there yeah, are women. Because women guys don't really go to the gym. Guys muscular. do. Uh, yeah, guys want to be muscular, but I'm talking about being beautiful, not about being muscular. Being no, beautiful for means guys, more... improving your physique is part of your attractiveness. It, so that's why so many guys go to the gym, and it like it is for be. women as well. Like if a woman goes to the gym and you know she does hip thrusts, um, she's gonna increase her SMV. Like you know, you can tell what I'm alluding to there. Uh, but not a lot of women do it. Only like, you know, the top 20% of women is doing in that stuff because uh, they people, actually take it seriously enough. Most people don't exercise. So like... Yeah, they don't. Off, You're right. Yeah. So off the bat, like if a person's in a gym consistently, they're already in the upper echelons of fitness just by virtue of showing up like that at the beginning, like that already is impressive. But the issue I have is like, it it, it seems like a lot of your standards... Um, when it comes to attractiveness are being influenced here. Okay, let me let me put it this way. If if you got a bunch of pictures together of like hot anime babes and you had a range of them from like a kind of normal looking anime chick to like one with huge titties and wide hips or whatever, and you asked a bunch of guys, which ones do you think are the hottest? You know, like a lot of guys would show bias towards the insanely hot, like ultra built, big titty anime girl. But then in real life, not all guys are going after that. Like obviously guys are like, hooking up with tons of people so the issue i have is like you show a girl two pictures and one of them is like a bloated fat fuck and the other one is like a super ripped guy it's like well which one would you prefer and she points at the second guy and they're like it's like ah of course because biologically you're inclined towards uh you know being attracted to people with the highest smv based on their evolutionary potential it's like no you know we're we're, we're framing this in way too um um like empirical of, of a fashion when in reality, a lot of people's like attractiveness standards fluctuate constantly. We're, we're, we're being too essentialist. We're being too limited, you know? I don't know. I don't really agree with your point. Like, if you look at these statistics, like, I, I even mentioned this in my video today, like, is beauty in the eye of the beholder? Um, the top 50% of men get 96% of Tinder likes. Like, that, that same top half is getting 96%, while the bottom half is only getting 4%. And as a matter of fact, delving a little deeper, the top 1% of men on Tinder get four times the amount of likes as the bottom 50% combined. 
which is just nuts. Like one guy at the very top, the top 1%, has four times the power as 50 guys at the bottom. I probably actually you know, puts all of their appearance. dating chances combined. Like I would rather be that top 1% guy rather than, you know, having 50 opportunities as a guy at the very bottom. You're just, you're, you're completely invisible. Like if you're a guy in the, you know, bottom half of looks, you're just not even getting seen. I, I agree that Tinder absolutely sucks for guys, but a lot of that is because guys are desperate and disgusting. So they'll like match with literally every woman and like, hey, what's up? How are you doing? Show tits to like every Most chick of them aren't even getting matches. Like forget the texting, forget the texting altogether because most guys aren't even getting the matches like in order to like even be concerned about uh like how they're going to conduct themselves in the texting part of it. Well, like it's similar to imbalance. a job interview. Like, you know, you can plan until the cows come home, what questions are going to come up in this job interview, you know, what you're going to say, how are you going to really sell yourself. But if you don't even get the interview in the first place, then it's complete. It's a complete waste of time. Well, the, the point of Tinder is that you get to make like a really shallow determination based on their superficial appearance. So obviously, like people aren't going to give you the time of day if they're not swayed by how you look to begin with. I agree that Tinder sucks for guys. Don't get me... Well, it sucks for straight guys. Um, I agree that Tinder sucks for straight guys. But at the same time, like, a lot of this has to do with gender roles that, like, these standards kind of contribute to. The idea that men should be the one to approach, that women are the arbiters of beauty and men should be the ones to, like, court and woo them, that's a huge contributor to why Tinder is so fucking bad. Um, and it's why, like, the, one of the competitor apps, Bumble, is a lot less popular. The one where a woman has to, ma like, um, match and message first before you two. Yeah, can, I've like... heard of that. I know I know how Bumble works. Yeah. Um, but the problem with that, do you know what's funny? I've seen some scenarios where um woman on Bumble, like, uh, because, you know, she's, like, anticipating, like, the, the like, gender, like, role of how it should be that... Um, the man should approach the woman she would literally put a full stop or just hire as the opening message on bumble and then expect the man to carry the conversation and do all the legwork again like so we're straight back to square one um you know and if i'm honest like i'm, I'm not sure if you agree with the whole like gender role uh system when it comes to approaching but i think that men should be the guys to approach like it's not down to a woman like men have always been the pursuers and women well, have always the been issue to pursue no but i'm not trying to break down that uh system i well, mean that's just how it always is that's how the causing, world works it's causing problems like what, what you're you, what yep. you're complaining about on tinder and bumble right now is some you're like defending the thing that's causing that problem the fact that but what, the, what are you the gonna reason do? why like, the, the reason why women don't have to like engage at all in those apps is because they know men will come to them which is true men are way more desperate than women are in social media apps so if we could somehow like address that and make men less fucking desperate and make women more like engaged and more likely to initiate i think you would see a settling in a lot more of these roles which i would like to see frankly because for a number of reasons I'm sick of only women putting um, effort into their appearance while a lot of guys are fucking ugly. Um, I'm sick of like women being sort of entitled to guys approaching first. These are issues way less in the queer community, by the way. Even if you're a guy looking for a girl, if you're both kind of vaguely in the queer community, a lot of these problems dissolve. People are a lot more like free moving when it comes to fucking around or like approaching each other. And I think that's a lot healthier than what we um, what we have between straight men and straight women. I thought the gay community is even more online than the straight community. Yeah, they're a lot hornier. I, I remember seeing some, um, what is it, data on it online. 
it said that like half of straight couples meet through uh, online dating, but it's like 90% for the gay community. Well, in a lot of places, being publicly gay can be kind of dangerous. So it makes sense there'd be a bias towards online engagement. But mm. there is a lot more freedom in terms of like the back and forth. Like, for instance, I'm a guy. I've slept with women who I'd consider to be in the queer community, you know, blue hair, pronouns, whatever. Um, but it's way easier to talk to them with a lot of straight women, you know, um, blonde hair, no pronouns. You know, you have to go through the whole courting process. You, you talk to them and it's like, um, oh, yeah, let me like try to fucking debate you into talking to me more um but with with um in the queer community people i think are a lot more chill probably because a lot of the women in the queer community that i've dated or fucked are themselves bi and have themselves fucked women and what that means is they're used to dealing with shallow bitches so they know how frustrating it is to be talking to a woman who's being incredibly like distant or unengaged in the convo and reciprocally they're more used to engaging or initiating directly well, there's that, and there's also the fact that bisexual women are significantly easier to seduce than um, straight women, like That's strictly true. straight women, because bisexual women are a lot more free-thinking, liberal, um, you know, open to experimentation and, you know, like exploring themselves and their identity um, than straight women are. So, like, it's a lot easier to persuade them um, you know, in order to engage in like some sexual act, like even something really kinky, like the guys that I've, you know, heard of like done threesomes and, you know, all sorts of wacky stuff. Um, it's always with these bisexual women that, um, you know, like are a lot more free spirited. If you know Yeah, they're I mean. pretty cool. But I, if more women were like that, because think about it, like what, like what's the difference between a guy and a girl, like in a dating environment? So there are a lot of differences, right? But in a dating environment, right? It's that the guy's hornier, the guy's way more direct. The guy is um is a lot more open-minded when it comes to like the ways in which they want to engage, you know, like how are we gonna talk? What are we gonna talk about? And in my experience, like you get a bi girl, and instantly these problems, this this wall, it disappears. It's a lot easier to talk to them as people, too, because you're not doing this bullshit courting thing. And I think a lot of that is just because as a product of them also being interested in women, they're more used to doing the approach themselves. And I think that experience actually makes them way better people. I think women would be better. I think women have it too easy. I think we need to make things harder for them. I think we need to make them socially expectant with initiating and engaging. You know, it's been too easy for these bitches for too long, okay? I want to be wooed, all right? I want to put up my my Sunday best and chill at a bar getting white girl wasted on cocktails um, to wait for a, a blonde shoddy to walk up to me and ask me how fat my dick is. You know, I'd tell her too. Mm, well, yeah, you can wish for that, but it's never going to happen. Um, and this kind of brings back to the point I was going to address a few minutes ago that like, you know, what you're saying about like breaking down these barriers and like women need to get out of this... Uh, mindset that like that they should just wait for the guy to come to them and then guys should get out of the mindset of like wanting to swipe on every single girl uh and every option like they'll hit on uh that's available to them irrespective of her beauty like you can try and break that down but when you look at the macro and micro it's opposite because on the macro yes in a perfect world it would be fantastic if like guys would stop being so thirsty um and you know, calm themselves down, not approach every woman that, uh, you know, they, they, they comes into view, like almost like kill on sight, um, and not swipe on every woman available on Tinder. Like we've seen the videos before of like, 
a guy on the train that would be swiping on Tinder and he's just going absolutely crazy with his finger, just swiping right on every single woman until he uh, gets a match. And he most times he never does. Um, like in an ideal world, on the macro, like if we s- stopped guys from doing that, then it would fix a lot of the problems. However, on a micro, when you look at like the ideal scenario for a guy, um, if he's in a bar or a club, if he's just sitting at the side, you know, drinking hand, sipping away every 30 seconds, not really getting involved, not really interested, just looking boring. He's not going to get any opportunities, like bar the exception of some Chad who, uh, you know, might get a woman approach him occasionally. But for, for any average guy, it's just a completely non-effective dating strategy. So all guys are forced into increasing their level of thirst and desperation in order to get actually involved if you know what i'm saying well it's kind of, i i don't necessarily disagree but i feel like it's kind of a race to the bottom there some broader social prescriptions would go a long way towards um improving the situation for everyone right so like for example a lot of black pill incel red pill whatever guys are um super anti-feminist being anti-feminist individually as a guy will actually make it harder to date women because it turns into a fucking weirdo but on a broader social level their idea is like okay well if you get rid of feminism we could all have our 15 year old like trad wives who live in a farm with me and the um you know, I, I, I think we can turn that like attitude, that that desire to affect social change in a positive direction interpersonally, though, for like any given individual. Um, honest to God, I think a lot of guys would have a lot more success if they just started, I don't know, <laughs> going to gay bars, not for the guys, but for the girls, um, which will make the guys mad. But like, whatever, who cares about guys? The um, a lot of the problems that I that are caused here, I really do think could be solved with like a general application of the values that the queer community has, even in people who are not actually queer, you know? Um, and if they, if they could do that, I think they would have a lot more success. I mean, what kind of guy, what kind of girls are these guys looking for? Right. The, um, the ones who aren't having much success. If we're talking about a guy who's just not getting swiped on on Tinder, I have to assume like they're probably willing to like go out with or talk to any woman they find attractive. Right. Yeah, they probably would be like. Well, actually, I don't know about that. There's some guys on Tinder who, um, literally, well, I wouldn't even say some guys. This is probably the majority of guys. Um, they their standards are through the floor on Tinder. Um, they've got they would literally swipe on anyone and anything. Um, and the, the reason for that is because it's behind closed doors. However, if they was out with their mates in a bar, or whatever, and then there was some really overweight chick. Um, you know, sitting on the opposite side, like a guy who might have swiped on her on Tinder, he's not gonna, he's gonna be too embarrassed to approach her like at the bar because all of his mates are watching. Do you know what I'm saying? Okay. Do we feel, do we feel like we're, we're maybe touching on a negative standard here, right? Like if a person would be willing in a vacuum to sleep with an overweight chick, but would be embarrassed to do so publicly, isn't that guy demonstrating an attitude that might kind of be like contributing a little bit to the issue? Because it seems like that guy's like a coward yeah, it now, is. right? It is. No, it does cause a problem because, um, yeah, right, you know, most guys who are overweight themselves, they probably wouldn't be embarrassed approaching that overweight woman because they're on the same level. But if a guy who's, say, like a 6 out of 10 uh, approaches the woman who's really overweight and below average, um, you know... He, 
like he's not going to do that in real life because like that's an embarrassment for him like his mates are going to be like oh why are you stooping that low you know like why don't you go for someone in your own league in your own level however when he does it on tinder because it's behind closed doors he can just invite the woman over um you know it's a lot more of a likely scenario to happen and then when that happens the woman walks away from that situation thinking like oh i got that 6 out of 10 guy you know who was really attractive for me um you know I, I deserve him. But there are like, and yeah, this causes a the, problem. Well, okay. That, that causes a problem because it causes the entitlement. So, okay. I, I don't think that's happening in the minds of women. I I've noticed this in a lot of like red pill channels or whatever, where they think that every woman is like a stupid automaton who sleeps with one hot guy and then instantly starts like demanding like Chanel and Gucci from every guy she sees and only fucks with like 10 out of 10s. I don't, I don't think that's really happening that much in reality. There are crazy no, it does women. But they're like super crazy entitled dudes, right? Like we we all know guys who aren't that attractive, but are doing the like two out of ten elbows, two pointy bullshit with like really hot women, right? Yeah, there are some delusional guys, but you know they're in the minority. Like a lot, there's a lot more delusional women about what they can obtain than there is delusional guys. And most guys who are delusional, like it's cope for them. So are they delusional or are they right? Because those women seem to actually be getting the guys right. Well, no, they're, they've not adjust, adjusted to the, uh, you know, new market conditions. Like, you know, if a house costed um, $2,000 70 years ago, um, you know, that was obviously a great price. But then 70 years later, because of inflation and everything, and, you know, just appreciation, like it's a really valuable area. Let's say that like the surroundings have been really developed and the price of the house goes up to a million. Um, you know, some guys are going to be like, oh, uh, you know, I'm not going to pay that because um, I could have got it for two grand uh, 70 years ago. Um, and a similar thing is happening in the dating market that, yeah, 70 years ago, these women um, who were below average, they might have been like, um, you know, quite low value. And a lot of a lot of guys, uh, you know, would have dated them if they were on their level. But nowadays, um, these even below average women, because of, you know, they've got access to Tinder, um, you know, their standards of it, been inflated like artificially uh then there's still going to be those guys out of there who are like oh i'm not gonna date her she's way too entitled but they haven't adjusted to the new market condition so it kind of alludes back to the point you mentioned earlier about it being a race at the bottom like guys are just constantly undercutting each other uh lowering their standards turn by turn until like the women at the very bottom are um you know being basically put on a pedestal and that seems really attractive but this is the guy's fault then because the women aren't changing the women yeah, on a if, macro it, on a macro it is the guy's fault yeah if okay. guys stop, so, uh, so we do need so a broad low, social change because like there's no way but that's not going to happen how are you going to implement anything like that there unless already you has been. back unless you bring back the arranged marriages um you know that's practiced in uh afghanistan and iran be, all of the islamic countries. it's already like, unless you can bring back that but that's not going to happen be sluttier the queer community is way better about this stuff than the straight community. More Wait, hold young on a people. Second. Say that point again. If you say 
for the people to be more promiscuous. That's going to fix things. That's only yeah, going to make things worse. No, no, no. The problem that you're having right now is that you're framing promiscuity through like a made-up imbalance in economics. With in reality, like the the problem here is that like I I know the graphs that people use with the black pill incel red pill arguments, and it's usually like polling data where they ask women which of these guys would you be willing to sleep with, which is a terrible thing to ask women, by the way, because women don't care about appearance that much. That's the reason why the woman will only choose the super hot guys because they know because every woman knows a lot of guys are dangerous freaks so you can show women a bunch of guys ranging from like one to ten and they'll be thinking like okay given the odds that any one of these people could murder me i'm only risking that shit with no prior conversation with no knowledge of how they talk or how they act on somebody who looks at least this good and then you go in like reality and you like and then you go to their their apartment and you do that bitch you live like this thing and there's some like fucking schlubby dude sitting in the bed with them like absolutely getting his dome polished off um it like it's you, you can't do polling data for stuff like this because people will never pull accurately on like, yeah i don't I don't, actually... I don't i don't believe polls are a good uh metric it sounds like we're deviating deviating a little bit um you know the point that i thought we was about to focus on was you know how we can like make uh dating yeah yeah be sluttier you know, yeah like, exactly but in no, like no, yeah so way. i think that's i think that's like the opposite of a solution that would only cause more problems because the more promiscuous a society, the more inequality, in ter- especially Why? for guys, that is, um, in terms of the uh, like their dating opportunities. Because monogamy is one-to-one. Well, at least in theory it is. Like, obviously, you're going to have infidelity going on, uh, you know, in a lot of marriages under, under monogamy. But assuming all things are perfect, uh, and monogamy is like an extremely like core value of the society then it would be a one-to-one um you know like equal system going on of men to women like every man uh gets a chance and every woman gets a chance but in promiscuous societies like in promiscuous societies you just see the monopolization of the dating market by the top 10 to 15 percent of men and then the bottom 90 percent is just left out because if if a woman has a choice of sleeping with you know either um, you know, a guy who's average, maybe on her level, or the top five percent guy. You know, there's no limit. Well, you know, at least practically, so, first in terms of, all, of how many women that the guy at the top can. Ninety percent of men are absolutely not locked out of the dating market. I think that is an insane thing to yeah, say. Yeah, that, that is a that is a little bit of an exaggeration. Um, you know, I would probably say that the bottom thirty percent are completely invisible. Um, and then the middle, like. 50 to 60 percent is somewhat hanging on but they're hanging on by a thread like they've not got options they've not like i'm talking about the guys who get you know two to three matches per uh week or per day on tinder they could just like, be in know, a relationship they're hanging on a thread yeah okay fair enough you're still gonna have people in a relationship as well you know like but you're not gonna have bottom 30 percenters in relationships they're, they're, they're locked out altogether. there are absolutely ugly people in relationships that's been known to happen you can go to any office building in the world any workplace you can go to any college campus there will be ugly people in relationships who are having way more sex than you or i am having um it like you know however you math that behind the scenes 
the problem that I have is that this is also deterministic. We're using hard numbers. Do we have evidence to back up those hard numbers? No, we have feelings. We went from 90 to 30% in one jump. You know, oh yeah, the bottom 30% aren't like don't have any chance. Yes, they do. Like go talk to some fat, ugly people. They're, a lot of them are married or in relationships. Yeah, so it's, it's like, becoming less and less so that way. Though, okay, but like because... vague, this vague, like vibes, vibes, vibes. It's like I'm talking with like a horoscopes chick, right? Like, you know, vibes, vibes. Like, okay, in reality, this is all so complicated. But then you, you watch the YouTube video and it's like, listen up, 90% of men are getting 10% of the women. And it's like, okay, are they? I mean, I'm not a 10 out of 10. I've slept with women way the fuck more attractive than I have, often on a whim. Um, I'm sure like these experiences are somewhat reciprocal. They happen all over the place. And like a lot of the issue we're having is that women gatekeep sex too hard. Um, at least a lot like do relative to men, right? Like if you want people to be sluttier, it's not guys who have to be sluttier. Guys who are already sleeping around like freely. It's women who need to sleep around more freely. And then we have to think, okay, what social factors could we induce to get women to be more free and open with who they sleep around with so we could kind of even out the consequences of being slutty broadly? And then like number one would be you can't you can't demonize women for sleeping around would be the number one like thing that you'd do there to change that, right? Like it's the social stigma. It's, it's not. It's the complete opposite. Your diagnosis is the opposite of what actually needs to happen if you're going to try and help the guys at the very bottom, um, you know, in increasing their dating chances. Because, like, if we re if we rewind the clock, you know, a hundred years, like every guy, well, more or less every guy who wanted to, uh, would be able to get married, have a family you know live the white picket fence lifestyle that's yada, not true yada, yada. You get a point. lot of them died alone. it is no because they it was all like you know the vast majority of them were religious um you know living in religious communities and they would uh get married at 20 like the average age of marriage like no you know, you, you'd leave high school and then boom you you'd be handed a wife and then it, you'd live happy no that's not after. true Hardly no that's your fantasy that's your fantasy dream like like incel red pill recollection of history tons of guys just I were show like you the dates weird the, more people got married and less people divorced back then than they do now. But tons of people were alone and lonely. Like there are th no. How you, you that that that's a complete contradiction. There, you just said that less people were getting divorced, more people were getting married, but somehow there was still more lonely guys. That's not a contradiction. That Both up. are true. Like there were more people getting married, but not every person who's alone today is neither married nor in a relationship. And there are plenty of people who aren't lonely, who aren't married. They're just like in a partnership. People got married early back then, but a lot of people didn't. A lot of women like couldn't get married until they were like 23. And then they were considered kind of weird. And they like lived their life as a spinster. Um, there were lots of guys who died in wars who never even got the chance to participate in like the dating market. Like the, the population like holes that were left by um, the Civil War and World War One and World War Two and the respective countries that contributed to them, like massive def like population deficiencies. That 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 I mean, all those guys like they never got to be married. They never got a happily ever after. And then with like going back home after black GIs didn't get to benefit from the GI Bill. So when they got back to America, like these guys didn't get the white picket, picket fence lifestyle. They just like went back to the fucking Jim Crow slum they came from. Um, you know, it's it's easy to romanticize like kind of socially enforced monogamy in retrospect but in reality a lot of people back then were miserable back in the 1950s like we were handing out record numbers of prescriptions for um antidepressants and like um amphetamines to uh, uh women in traditional marriages because they had nothing going on in their lives except like waiting for their husband to come back home after fucking their secretary it's like 
and, and not to mention, like, nobody could divorce back then, right? Because, like, if you were a woman and you tried to divorce back then, like, your life is fucking over, dog. No man is going to marry a woman, or at least not many men, who's been known to divorce beforehand because men don't like women who are willful. They don't want a woman who would complain or leave them if they beat them or cheated on them. So, like, it, we have very bad standards when it comes to how happy people were in the past. People have gotten freer with time, and I think that's good, but we need to balance out that freedom with, like, an appropriate and proportional level of investment in the consequences of that freedom. And I think the best thing we could do for that is to go, okay, hey, maybe women will be a little bit more open to like sleeping around if we don't shame them for it. If it's like, okay, you know, uh, let women sleep with guys who are a bit less attractive and let that not be a shameful thing for them and let it not be a shameful thing for us and let the whole dynamic how are you going to convince them to sleep with the guys who are less attractive it's just not going to happen they've done it to me can, can i share my screen quickly yeah like we've all seen this graph before can you see what i'm seeing at the moment you know the one like dating is a zero-sum game like one man's gain is always at the expense of another guy and that's why you know the graph that i'm sure everyone's already seen male virginity is going up um, the number of men who are locked out of the dating market and you know it's, it's as I said earlier like which is a rough estimate 30 percent well this is 28 percent it's increased and it's in the last 30 years 40 years and that's because the dating market has become more um you know free uh people are more promiscuous now than at any other point in history well not in history but like at least uh since the um you know, monogamous uh single family household era like it's it's a zero-sum game because as one guy at the top uh gets to sleep with all of the whip uh women you know who are average to above average then it leaves the average guy who previously would have dated and married that girl uh out out of it now he's left out of the uh, equation and he has to now step down another rung and he has to do the same thing to the guy at the very bottom, the 30%, the bottom 30 percenters. And that's why these bottom 30 percenters get locked out. Do you know what I'm saying? No, I, I agree. I, the, the rate of female virginity has been increasing too. I think, um, I think no, not as like, much though. It's not it's as less. I acknowledge not as much though. I believe it's, it's not by the proportion we're looking at here. Cause that stops in 2018. The pandemic worsened everything for everyone. Um, and it evened out the worsening as well, of course, because the pandemic affected men and women like pretty, pretty equally in terms of like social ostracization. Yeah, I, I see here. Um, um, oh, wait, there's a couple of charts here, depending on which ones you want to look at. I, oh, at any rate, I agree that it's worse for men than for women. But what I'm trying to do here is prescribe like possible improvements to that, because while I agree that... Um, a lot of guys have more trouble finding sex than women do. I don't deny that at all. I know for a fact that like, if a guy went to a bar, like sat up on the bar stool and said like, hey, hey girls, anyone wanna fuck? Take me to the bathroom. Like nothing would happen except the police would be called. If a woman did that, decent chance if she did enough times, like she'd be able to get railed in the bathroom. Maybe not even- Oh, 100%. Yeah, well, it dep depends yeah. on the bar, you know. Some bars, 100% chance, yeah. some bars, not so much. Um, well, they, they would have to say, hey, guys, not hey, women. But, you know, um, the um, I, I don't deny there's an imbalance there. But like, I think that we have to temper the individual and the group expectations a little bit with an understanding that whatever we want to return to is not coming back. We have to talk about ways to improve this moving forward. And I know that like 
rates of virginity are much lower in young queer communities than young straight communities. I know that young guys who are gay or bi, even if they're just with women, have an easier time than straight guys do, which suggests to me that there are both individual and group attitudes that are improving things on that side. After all, it's not like queer communities don't have long-standing committed relationships. It's not as though there aren't like ultra-hot gay people and relatively less hot gay people, right? Like there's still all of the dynamics that you would see in heterosexual couplings, but there's something different there. And I don't just think it's guys sleeping with guys because if you isolate it to just men and women sleeping together, which happens all the time in queer communities, um, we we do see different results. And what can we what can we pull from that? And a big part of it is in queer communities, women do not get shit on for sleeping around as much. Not by a long shot. Seriously, like way less. The the trend of like slut shaming chicks for for sleeping around is a predominantly heterosexual institution. And I can't help but think that contributes a little bit to women being a bit more cagey when it comes to who they want to sleep with. Well, yeah, women are women, as you mentioned earlier, women are the gatekeepers of sex. Like they're going to be the ones who, you know, are handed the keys and they're going to be able to choose, um, you know, which guys get access to it or not. And the example that you gave of like the gay community, you know, like it's a lot more equitable uh, that even guys who are like at the bottom still have opportunities. But that's just because their body counts are a lot higher anyway. Like I've heard some gay guys who have got body counts of like 200 or 300. And that's not even uncommon. That's like uh, a lot of them. Um, you know, so in in that respect, like it, it probably... But what if it was it, just men and women though? What if we, what if we like, what if we count out men fucking men? Wait, so what do you mean by that? Like if we just focused on heterosexual pairings in non-heterosexual communities. Um, so we're, we're just looking at like the way men and women interact with each other. Even then, I feel like the body counts are a lot higher in the queer community than they are in the straight community. I mean, fuck, go to a straight bar. Like everything's everything's made out of like laminated oak and you have some like brushed iron seats that you sit on for a guy in a mustache to give you a $20 burger or whatever. Now, go to a gay bar. It's fucking horny. Go to a gay bar. Even if it's like men and women sitting next to each other, you've got the fucking lights You've got the music, everything's pounding, the pulse. They make the bathrooms bigger in the queer bars. Um, and it's like, well, why? I mean, even if we're just talking um, heterosexual pairings, why is everything hornier? Because it's better. And I think we can improve. I don't know. I'm not sure if it would work. Because if you look at the trajectory, like maybe it's a different set of rules for what applies to the straight community and the gay community. Because... You are right that in the gay community, like which is more promiscuous, um, you know, it's it's more equitable. Like e even the guys at the bottom still have opportunities. But if they applied that same logic to the straight community, I don't think it would lead to the same outcome. Because if you look at the trajectory of how things have shifted in the last thirty to forty years, the straight community has become more and more promiscuous. Like. Um, you know, feminism has like said that uh, a woman sleeping around is actually empowering, not a, um, you know, like not, not something that she shouldn't do. Don't you like um, sleeping around? So, sorry? Don't you like sleeping around? I mean, I feel a lot of guys, a lot of guys, um, you know, it's in their evolutionary strategy, actually, or in every guy's evolutionary strategy to uh, sleep around. But it's not in women. It's not in women. So it's actually dispowering for them. But we because don't, well, a woman no, no, can only no. have one baby 
uh, every nine months. You're doing it here, though. Like, wait, but this is the thing. You're like, evolution says that it must be socially acceptable for guys and the girls. Evolution isn't a factor anymore. We built our environment. We built cities. We have birth control. Every we we built the world around us. We're not. No, but that doesn't take away the evolution. No, no, no. Evolution is a system where nature guides the behavior of organisms and their design to accommodate survival in a given environment. This is A, descriptive, not prescriptive. Just because something is evolutionarily ordained does not mean that it's good or bad. Evolutionarily- I'm not saying whether make, it's good or bad, but I'm well, saying it will, you know, it's still a factor that's involved. But you're making an argument of, for social stigma and that's a prescriptive judgment. What I'm talking about here, what we're talking about being empowering, empowering is about whether or not you think something's actualizing. Are people having fun? Is it a statement of yourself are you are you they're certainly not having fun um Wh- I, I showed sex. in my video uh i i actually showed in my what is it let me just bring it up quick i've already got it the statistics available um i can tell you right now so for both men and women's concerns over casual sex um in this uh survey they did how many was it a 14 i think 14 measurements yeah 14 factors um for what men and women's concerns are over casual sex and it's all like the common ones stds uh pregnancy scares uh fear of judgment uh, personal safety dissatisfying sex you know you get the idea and in 12 of the 14 factors women's concerns were greater than men so you know Why they you have a lot more is? of a concern uh you know for fear of awkwardness personal safety dissatisfying sex regret social stigma you know things like that in how is that there over the 14 factors well no but i'm saying that a lot of women will go into casual sexual encounters uh with this like hippy dippy uh feel good sort of um mindset but then they wake up in the morning laid. after and then regret it and then be like oh, actually that was a massive mistake and then no. that's why a lot of women actually get diagnosed with depression because uh, they have all of this casual sex. They think no, it's good no, for them. No, 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 tell them. No, 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 no. Okay, so right now, like, I, you, these conversations go on long enough, and it's like, okay, well, why does this person have all these delusions about the dating market? It's like, eventually, if you let them talk enough, okay, no. There is, is no evidence. Just delusional? <laughs> there is no evidence whatsoever to suggest that casual sex is leading to some rise in depressiveness with women, considering the fact that the largest spike we've ever had in women's depressiveness was during an era of forced monogamy back in the 1950s. It is true that women often have negative experiences with casual sex, but a lot of the stuff that you just described are things you're causing. Social stigma, fear of violence. Don't get me started on incels and how they feel about women. Um, the uh, the, like the reasons women tend to have worse experiences with casual sex isn't because of some evolutionarily ordained bias against them. It's because of people like you who are making bullshit arguments about how they're getting depression because feminism has told them they can have sex. Women like having sex. Um, I've heard this on good authority. They like it when the dick goes in and out. It feels good for them. Uh, and, and if they could just get someone to do that, no fuss, no muss, I think that's like a net positive for them. You know, that's like a general good. There's a lot of added that's social not, stigma they true. deal with. That is, it's, oh, wait, which part that it feels good? I promise you that is true. No, but I'm not talking about in the moment. Yeah, in the moment, they might be getting a lot of dopamine uh, and being like, oh, this is brilliant. But then the day after, it so often comes with the regret. And that's why if you look at the uh, survey that i just stated in 12 out of the 14 factors women had greater concerns than men only one you know, of those and that shows regret. that 
Yeah. Okay. Let, let's go through them one by one. So well, STDs, can, you, can you link the study? I, well, I can um, share my screen if you like to bring it up. Sure. So okay. wait, even even if all of these ended up being the case, it's still women's choice if they want to sleep around. What do you mean? Like, even if they end up experiencing more negative hookups, that doesn't mean that it's not like valid for them to sleep around. It doesn't mean it's socially bad for them to do so. It's their choice. Well, um, they're welcome to do it, but um, you know, it's it's it's, it's just not going to be uh, beneficial for them. Wait, sorry, yeah, wait, I'm but that, no, no, no. I'm so, concentrating on this quickly. Let me no, just. No, no, you're you're right, can you see the screen the pro- now. No, no, no. Hold on. You're causing the problems here. You're paternalistically deciding for women what's best for them. Like, this is the thing. This is why, I mean, I got the feeling from your video when I watched it that you, like, never actually talk to women, which I know you do. You must have. But this indicates, like, a complete unwillingness to engage with their experiences on this issue. The idea that you would say, for example, women having greater concerns with personal safety is an argument that they're evolutionarily inclined against casual sex is wild. Like, can you not think of another possible reason for that? Well, it's, it's on average, on average, women are weaker in terms of physical strength for the men. So, of course, they're going to be a lot more concerned over personal safety uh, in a casual sexual encounter than men. But anyway, I've got the thing up seem here. To I've just started sharing my screen. Between uh, if we can go for them one by one, STDs is roughly the same. Unintended pregnancies, surprisingly, men are actually more concerned about it. Fear of awkwardness, women are more concerned. Personal safety, women are more concerned by a long uh-huh. shot as well. Uh, that's like a 50% increase. Dissatisfying sex, women again, they find it more dissatisfying. And that's yeah, 41% bearing sex. in mind. So you're saying that, you know, women are enjoying it. 41% said they actually... Okay, um, these are concerns no, over casual sex, not 41% of all women have dissatisfying sex every time. No, they but they say up. that it's a concern. Yeah, but it's a concern. Again, it's a concern it, I have. These bitches don't know how to suck dick anymore. It's a concern I have. I, w- I would say concern, yes, for all of these, except for personal safety, because I'm quite strong. So concern they over can't throw, sexual performance, men, body insecurities, women... So, you know, if you add up all of these things, so the wait, lowest no, no, no. percentage for women wait, wait, is wait, 17%. No, wait, hold on. That No, okay, it doesn't work that way. You don't just find a list of possible grievances and go, ah, well, if you add these up, now we have proof that evolutionarily women are like less inclined to have casual sex. There are social factors to all of these. STDs, STIs are pretty much biological. Unintended pregnancy is pretty much biological. Um, And I'll give you this. Personal safety is heavily biological, but a lot of it is also that men are really fucking violent to women. So that's not biological. That's just men being socialized into being violent against women. Um, As for dissatisfying sex, a lot of guys can't find the clip. That is not women's fault. Fear of awkwardness? Eh, who doesn't fear awkwardness? Anxiety over sexual performance seems to affect guys more than girls, you know? Probably should, because most guys fucking suck at sex. Body insecurities. Interesting. Women seem to have more body insecurities in spite of your, like, preconception that fat women are, like, um, deluded by having had sex with men above their SMV, therefore leading them to believe that they're hot shit. Wouldn't your, like, model suggest that women have fewer body insecurities because you've suggested that they're kind of, like economically misplaced they haven't adjusted to the inflation of the market um that sounds quite convincing if i'm honest i don't actually have an answer for that 
because according to the data, it does say that women, um, you know, do have more body uh, insecurity concerns in casual sexual encounters than men. Uh, but then at the same time, um, it's a lot more common for an overweight woman to desire and uh, feel entitled to a guy who is in shape. Like the amount of times that I've heard what an is overweight feel woman say, to? well, when, entitled, it's not exactly the right word to use, but it's the most simplistic way of describing it. So when I say entitled, I mean something that a woman wants to have but she doesn't necessarily tick that box herself. So in the example of overweight woman, uh, overweight women, I think it's an entitlement or at least pointing in that direction. If an overweight woman refuses and says that she doesn't want to date an overweight man, if a woman who's overweight has the standard that she only wants to date um, in shape guys, then I think that is pointing in the direction of entitlement. But guys have lots sense. of double standards when it comes to women. Like most guys put no effort into their appearance at all. They'll go to the gym sometimes, maybe, and they'll wear clothes that fit. But in terms of like styling themselves, skin care, hair care, um, women put in a lot more effort. Like here's one. Um, guys and girls both grow armpit hair, right? Like I grow more than most women, but pretty much everyone grows armpit hair. I've never shaved my armpit hair but I'm kind of used to sleeping with girls who shave theirs. Isn't that a double standard on my part? Like, doesn't, don't, aren't I being kind of entitled to like a totally arbitrary ex exertion of effort on their part, despite not doing anything myself? Wait, so you do or don't shave your armpit hair? But then I don't, I never will, but they do. don't. No, but this is a different thing though, because um, a woman uh, not shaving her armpit hair, that's, going to be considered a lot more unattractive for guys than a guy not shaving his armpit hair because it sounds like entitlement hair, hair for guys um is often a you know display of his masculinity um you know it's, it's obviously this isn't a huge example like it's not really a big deal uh but you know if a woman has armpit hair a lot of guys are going to be you know see that as quite unattractive but not many women are going to see the same thing about a guy who has or doesn't have pit hair. But you're just describing socially normalized entitlement. Like armpit hair is not a gendered feature. Literally, like literally all people have are like with there are like five people who don't. There are Asian guys who don't. So I guess like, yeah, it's pretty much even between men and women. So it seems like you're just talking about socially mandated entitlement, you know, like, oh, it's not us that's entitled. It's just like men as a class are entitled but that makes it okay. Couldn't you say the same thing about women being kind of like fat? Because like that Rubenesque kind of like fertility goddess, big titties, wide hips, like belly pouch thing. Like, well, women have a higher body fat percentage biologically on average than men. So you could go like, okay, well, a woman who's fat, who doesn't want to date a fat man, it's harder to be fat as a guy, you know? Like women are just kind of naturally more fat and, and more like curvy and burlesque. So you'd go like, all right, so it's not actually entitled. Well, there is an element of truth to that. Um, to some degree, a woman can get away with, well, I wouldn't say to some degree, in you know the vast majority of guys' opinions, um, a woman who's overweight uh, might actually be considered attractive, like as long as we're not talking to the extreme here. Like I'm talking about 20 to 25% body fat on a woman, it might actually complement her appearance because it will go to her, her chest, her, um, her, you know, hips not waist sorry not waist her hips you know which can increase her uh desirability but for men 
No, I wouldn't say belly, not on... Uh, no, nah, like a little... Didn't you see that discourse on Twitter about how, like, girls will wear, like, a skirt and then it'll have that, like, belly pouch thing? You know what I mean? Like, the, the like, um... You know, uh, it's not called a bit. It's like something. It's like the primordial pouch in a cat, except it's on a bit. No, I don't know what you're talking about. Ah, the, the thingy, you know, like the... I think that's cute. You know, they're kind of squishy. Okay, fair enough. Maybe you have a niche preference for that, but I, generally of, speaking, I me, me and a I don't lot of many guys things. think belly fat on a woman is uh, attractive. But as for guys, if their body fat percentage is uh, high, like even if we're talking twenty percent or above, like it goes to the worst areas. It all goes straight to their face. It just bloats out their face, um, and then guys get beer bellies, and you know it's just not a good look for them. So go men ass. can't afford. I don't think that's particularly good for guys either. Girls um, like fat really asses. A, I don't know. I, I don't know too much about that. Whether that's a good. No, or no, bad that's thing. fully true. Hey, hey, hey! You go to the gym, okay? And I don't. You'd better. Um, you'd better be doing those. Um, what do they call them? Hip thrusts as well, okay? That shit's important. You gotta have fat glutes. It signals that you're a good dancer and that you can throw it back good. You know, like you hit the back walls. That's that's the muscle you use when you're thrusting. You know, like I mean, you you can use your core. Like you use a lot of muscle. But you're, you use your ass, like, mostly. Fair enough. Okay. Um, I'll have to look into what you're saying. E either way, I don't think it's a huge component of uh, a man's physique in terms of his attractiveness. Um, for guys, you know, the main things that are going to display their masculinity is going to be the size of their shoulders, their, the, the breadth of their chest, their arms, things like that, and, you know, having a low body fat percentage. Um, but anyway, this, this is derailing a little bit like what little my bit. overarching point was is that for a woman um you know her being higher body fat percentage it's not as bad of a thing necessarily than a man being higher body fat percentage so in that regard you could argue that um you know a woman who's overweight um you know she is is, is technically she's dating down more by dating an overweight man um, you know that that argument can be made like i think there is truth to it but then the thing that i don't buy is when a woman's literally like 35 40 45 body fat like clinically obese but then she doesn't want to date a guy who say 25 30 body fat and they're probably on the same level uh realistically you know given like their their attractiveness well, I'm not. I'm definitely not denying that there are some people who um, come across as, as as kind of like weirdly um, lacking in self awareness when it comes to their appearances. I don't think there's anything wrong with having higher standards that might necessarily be warranted by your appearance. Like, again, for example, like I, I feel like I probably cut above my weight a couple of times. You know, I I, I can't really complain, but um, I I feel like what we bring to relationships is so not fixed it's so mixed and so variable that it's really difficult to kind of decide who's being entitled you know what i mean like women put in more effort by default than men do when it comes to the relationship in almost every experience that i've seen Wait, like what? The, the guys you're gonna have to elaborate on this yeah, the guy's expected to pay and to do the dating and the courting. But when it comes to the actual ongoing relationship, like like once you're in one, in my experience, most guys turn into like lazy sacks of shit. Um, and the women turn into like mom slash girlfriends slash housewives. Um, I've seen this happen to so many het couples. And 
I cannot blame women for being resentful in this situation. Uh, probably not good. Okay, there are some of those guys out there who are lazy in their relationships, but I don't exactly see the woman uh, pulling their weight either or doing much to uh, contribute. In my relationship experience, it's not at all been what you're describing. Like, almost everything I would plan, um, organize, organize the logistics for, um, you know, I'm talking about dates, like trips, things like that. Like, that would all be on me, and I would be the person to sort all of that stuff out. Um, you know, I'd sort out the transportation, everything like that. The woman, more often than not, just tags along. Like, she wouldn't organize anything. Like, And if you look at most relationships, I'm pretty sure you would see a similar pattern. That the guy is the one who's sorting out all of the logistics of days out, trips, dates, whatever, and the woman kind of just has to show up. I... That has definitely not been my experience. I, I mean, I, I don't, I don't have any empirics on this, so I can't, I can't like prove my side of things. But that is, that is definitely not been my experience of things. And I'm saying, I'm saying this with full acknowledgement of my position because I'm a lazy piece of shit in relationships too. I uh, so as soon as soon as I'm locked in, you know, I um, I, I'm, I'm full on domestic mode. Though at least I, I wash my own dishes. Um, I don't know, and I just, I just see a lot of. I don't even get people gifts for their birthdays. I, I just see a lot of. Um, guys doing this really weird like regression to childhood with their mom girlfriends i don't know that's got to get on women's nerves with Sorry, that what's your point this might be an opportunity like, to go into the q a are you guys okay, i'll yeah. give you a chance though in case you have any last thoughts if you want to draw no, together the threads from the debate i know I'm, I'm enjoying the conversation but yeah no that it's it's it could happen now or it could happen five hours from now so that's fine with me you got it Weed waffles, anything? Um, no, I'm happy to move on to the uh, next thing, the Q&A. You got it. And I want to let you know, folks, if you're watching over, whether it be on Modern Day Debate and you haven't noticed, or if you're watching elsewhere, such as over at Vosh's channel, I just put a new poll in the live chat. This is, if Morpheus offered you the black pill or the Vosh pill, what would you take that is in the live chat in case you want to vote on that. And we're going to jump into these questions. Thank you very much for your question. Coming in from Balthazar228 says, Does Wheat Waffles agree with Dr. Alden's research on the effects of blackpilling young men in modern society? I've not even heard of that. Don't um, worry so about that. This one, this one coming in from Balthazar228 says, We got that one. Quality Upstate says attractive people are nice to look at, but not worth it if they don't have what matters, which is being smart, good personality, successful, etc. Right? Is that directed at me? Wait, could you, could you repeat the question? I was thinking it was maybe before Wheat Waffles. They say attractive people are nice to look at, but not worth it if they don't have what matters, such as having a good personality, being smart, etc. Uh, I would say for those guys... They could still clean up on dating apps and in nightclubs where uh, your looks is at the forefront. Like that's your, you know, shop uh, like opening. You know what's on the on the display window. So you don't even need good finances or conversational abilities uh, in those environments. Like I've seen guys in nightclubs who are really good looking, not even say a single word to a woman and then make out with her like that's not an uncommon an uncommon thing they can still clean up on things like online dating and nightclubs but 
as for a you know a relationship or warm approach um you know like meeting women in schools and the church or work whatever yeah they would probably find it a little bit more difficult there you got it this one coming in from do appreciate it hypno llama says when one of them doesn't follow the mods rule they should be banned from the channel oh that was never mind <laughs> that's it, that seems administrative that this sounds uh, directed at you no 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 that was it was actually for somebody in the live chat but the Juzor said, by the way, I want to give a huge thanks. We never thank our mods in the chat enough. Well, that might, I want to say thank you mods for doing a great job. We always want to follow YouTube's terms of service. Folks, we just want to encourage you, more importantly than YouTube TOS, from a more idealistic point of view, attack the argument instead of the person. This one from Juzor says, thank you for hosting the debate, James. Thanks, Juzor. We appreciate that support. Nick says, wheat waffles. Can men make themselves more attractive? And if so, should they be responsible to do it? Uh, yeah, well, okay, so I, I think we know weed, so I'll answer that. Um, yeah, I think so. I think it's good, you know? I just think that people sometimes get fixated on the wrong uh, elements. Being healthy and being physically fit is good on its own for, like, every imaginable reason. Uh, it, you know, it's good for your mental health. It literally re releases the good brain chemicals. It means you get to live longer. You get to be happier while you live. Like, there's a million, you know, so many things, right? So there's lots of reasons to exercise. Um, but in terms of like being more attractive, there are lots of things you can do to be more attractive that aren't just like working out and finding clothes that fit. You know what I mean? Uh, I think it, it doesn't hurt to like take a look at a good stylist. It doesn't take a look or it doesn't hurt to like investigate some more modern fashionable trends for men you know like you if, even if it's like mfa on reddit or whatever like i think that's a lot better than how most guys dress themselves including me i wear mostly like sandals and anime graphic tees so it's not like you know don't practice what i practice what i preach not what i do um and moreover, I think a lot of it is also conversational. There is so much you can do. There's so much weight you can carry by being a good conversationalist. And I think that also helps you like cut the wheat from the chaff because there are some hot bitches out there who are just so boring to talk to. And I do not care about fucking you if you can't hold a conversation. There is no point. I might as well masturbate. Get away from me. So having a good conversational rapport means that you have the ability to kind of like better work out what you're interested in. This one coming in, well, by technically, waffles. If you want to respond to that one, it was addressed for you. Oh, no, sorry. <laughs> um, no, I have to move on to the next question. In particular, though, they, are men responsible for improving their looks or status? Are men responsible? Um, I would say all men should. I, I don't know what the question is asking when it says responsible. Like, what does that actually mean? I think they mean um, like a duty. A duty. Duty. Uh, I still, you know, I'm a little bit uh, like questioning the terminology being used there. It's a little bit like not really the context. That I think the word duty or responsible should be used. I would say all men should strive to increase their looks and status and finances. I mean, every single guy should be trying to improve those things. There's no excuse for it. Like these guys that are just wasting um six hours a day which isn't even uncommon to be honest i think for the zoomer generation i even saw some statistic the other day the average zoomer is spending eight hours a day in front of screens you know combined that's tiktok youtube video games uh netflix tv whatever uh eight hours like if guys um you know did less of that obviously some of it's going to be productive you know there's a lot to be learned on youtube but 
there's essentially nothing to be learned on TikTok and uh, video games. Like they're, they're mostly a waste of time. Um, if guys did less of those things and put more effort into increasing their uh, fitness, their finances, uh, their status, their looks, whatever, then you know that that is what they should be doing. You got it. This one coming in from do appreciate it. Big Bad Mama says, is there a link between incelibacy and fundamentalism? Uh, let's see. I don't know if if you're voluntarily celibate for religion reasons. I don't know if you'd be incelibate. But nonetheless, I guess you could be a, a half-hearted fundamentalist who's wanting to have sex. You're wanting to break your celibacy. I can, I think I can tell you for, for a fact a lot of people pretend to convert to Catholicism as a response to not getting laid. That's a that's a common online thing. I think they're asking, though, Wheat Waffles, are you a religious fundamentalist? Uh, no, I, I'm yes. not religious at all. I don't believe in God. Wow. An atheist. All right. Thunderstorm. We hope you feel welcome, whether you're atheist, Christian, Muslim, you name it, folks, or whether you're black pill, wash pill, we're glad you're here. Nix, we got this one. Thunderstorm says, hi, no malice. Do a lot of these issues stem from the lack of communication or skills or self-awareness and autism for both sexes? And on a side note, people seem terrified to love another person. I think they're mean, meaning non-committal. But what do you think for the first part? And then we'll get to the second. In particular, do these issues stem from a lack of communication skills, lack of self-awareness, or this kind of alleged increased op uh, autism among men and women? I, I, I will say that communication is vital. And I think that a big part of the difficulty that people have in heterosexual communities around casual hooking up is the fact that um, it's kind of expected that the only reason you would hook up with somebody is to begin a relationship with them and not doing that is kind of a deviancy thing so it's like okay we're just gonna hook up but like you know afterwards eh, and like it's like a thing whereas in the queer community like that is not the case um th the idea of like casually hooking up is incredibly ingrained in the culture which means that there's there's a lot more I guess, lingu ling linguistic room. There's a lot more conceptual space to be more clear with what it is exactly you want. Not to say people don't get their feelings hurt in the queer community. Of course they do all the time, frequently even at me. But um, it is good to be clear with the people you're talking to. You got it. This one coming in from, do appreciate it. You read this, this we got that. Vit Nick says, Vosh being pan, is it fair to say that how you perceive women and the women that you are attracted to would be different than a straight male. Um, maybe a bit, but not by not by much. I don't think. Um, when I was, when I was, when I thought I was heterosexual, which would have been back when I was like thirteen or fourteen, and I was well into puberty by that point, I had basically the same tastes in like broadly in women that I do now. Um, you know, I mean, I like. I like bad bitches. I, I, I feel like my my interest in women, for the most part, is is something that most straight guys could relate to. Obviously, my interest in guys isn't. But um, there's probably like an in-betweeny space when it comes to like ultra androgynous people where there'd be more leeway and like, you know, hey, what kind of woman are you seeing? And then I pull up somebody who looks like they're from the future, like from Xenon circa 2673. And you're like, oh, OK. Oh, I get it. Okay. And then, you know, and then we, we go on with our day. But I, I think I can talk on the issue. You got it. 
This one coming in from, do appreciate it. This is a juicy one. Oflamio says, wheat waffles, is there any difference between blue and black pill if rad fems and incels essentially say the same thing but only disagree on who should be in charge? Is it true that black pill people, is there a commonality, some sort of overlap, some way that just put in other words that black pillars and radical feminists agree on something um i'm not sure entirely what they would agree on Bosh. um oh yeah no the the radfem community like the um gender critical or turf community like there's a large overlap um actually does agree there's with an overlap Oh, there's a huge overlap, yeah, because the rad femmes are like the reactionary wing of the second wave feminists, and the second wave feminists were pre-intersectionality, so they're actually really obsessed with biological differences between men and women, and a lot of rad femmes, like, these are the people who um, believed in political lesbianism to, like, virtue signal by only dating other women, because they, like, they thought that any sexual subservience to a man was, like, reifying the patriarchy or something. In a lot of ways, they actually, like, kind of codified not terminology, but at least incel adjacent concepts before it was even a thing online, which is really funny. Seriously, some of these turf forums, these people are acting basically just like incels. They talk about men the same way that incels talk about women, just in a more politically directed way. Because, of course, it's not a dating forum, you know, it's a rad femme forum. Interesting. Sorry, just rambling there. It is funny, though. There is an overlap. Any thoughts on that, Weed Waffles, on what Vosh just well, said? Well, I would say that there is a common commonality in terms of they're both quite passionate about, um, you know, the things they're speaking of. Like, the vast majority of people in the middle, uh, you know, the centrists aren't really, uh, like, involved in these sorts of spaces anywhere near as much. They're certainly not making content or videos or, uh, you know, spending a lot of time, uh, investing a lot of time into watching creators and what they have to say um but i think that's generally a theme that you see uh in most what is it communities where there's like uh a polarization like i remember seeing some data that said uh and it was like a u-shaped graph so of those on the far left and the far right um they are way more likely to uh display their political status or opinions on facebook and instagram youtube whatever rather than the people in the middle who frankly don't care like they're way less likely to vote um you know or voice their opinion online because they just don't really give a damn but the people on the uh far extremes of both sides they're a lot more passionate and you know like believing what they're saying so they're more likely to do that kind of stuff you got it this one coming in from tails says there is something called lesbian deadbed room lesbian couples have less sex because of less testosterone women want less sex biologically that's why this happens with lesbians is this true have you ever met a woman in her 30s they go fucking insane in their 30s um no i don't i don't think that's true at all um it, it like even a little bit <laughs> there's um I, uh um Okay, first of all, this is funny because, like, by far the majority of dead bedrooms are heterosexual couples. That's also a subreddit. Um, for two, like, I, I they're probably lesbian dead bedrooms for sure. Uh, I have no idea if that's a testosterone thing. I mean, there are lots of people out there who don't have very much testosterone at all who still like throwing it back. You know, I've met a few of them. Um, 
I don't know. Is that a stereotype? That, no, like, what Tails is saying is true, um, according to the data. Like, if we simplify things and say there's three types of relationships, gay male relationships, uh, straight heterosexual relationships, and gay lesbian relationships, um, it goes in that order in terms of the amount of sex that they're having. So gay men are having more sex than anyone. Hell and then it yeah. goes uh, straight relationships. And then it goes... Uh, woman woman you know lesbian relationships they have the less they have the least sex out of uh those three types of couples statistically at least i think that's not to say that there isn't bell curves um associated with that data like obviously they might overlap a little bit but generally speaking lesbians have significantly less sex than uh straight or gay couples from this i am taking the fact that women are terrible we can just leave it at that juicy to say the least this one from coconut Cream pie says just date queer women in quotes and that says theory. So this is the <clears throat> they say that one of you is espousing a quote just date queer women theory. Um, I think it's more about adopting some of the attitudes the queer community has. Uh, you know, I would recommend that people who are straight try to make some queer friends anyway for a variety of reasons, like literally just like talk to some, you know, there are a lot of cool people there. They tend, they play a lot of video games. Do you like video games? You know, that they like drawing, drawing school. Um, and, and being familiar with the tendencies of the community, I think in a broader sense and interpersonally could maybe give people some insight on how they want to lead their sex lives. Um, it doesn't just have to be dating though. You can certainly do that if you want, you know. There are plenty of straight people in queer communities broadly. It's kind of like, you know how there's the gay where you're a guy and you like guys, but then there are people who are, like, gay, but they don't actually fuck other guys. They're just kind of in the periphery. They're in the orbit. They're in the zone. There's a lot of space there for people, you know, for people to have fun. Any thoughts, Sweet Waffles? Uh, no, I'm not even sure what he was talking about. That, Do you like blue hair? Do you like pronouns? Okay, there's a lot of people out there. This oh, one sorry. from Ponies Ahoy. Thanks for your question. It says, Waffles, if women had higher body standards than men, why don't men come even close to the same rate of eating disorders? Wait, <laughs> say that question again, please. I think they're saying, like, if women are much more picky about the opposite sex, so assuming they're hetero, if women are much more picky about the opposite sex having a good body, well, then oh, why aren't men? Okay, yeah, I understand of- now. Because women, um, as a general, in you know, generally speaking, like, are more emotional and susceptible to, like, you know, these sorts of issues. Like, men are a lot more stoic in general, so they're less likely to have these eating disorders um you know because i'm much more likely to think about these things logically and think like oh um you know i shouldn't starve myself like because that's actually going to cause damage to my body being a little bit more sympathetic i don't think it's just being emotional i just think women are held to much higher body standards when it comes to like their appearance it outside of the dating no 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 way that's a myth no, no, no. It's, sorry, wait, it's, sorry to no, interrupt no. there, but that's a complete myth. No, like in, like, in a business there is no, There is no, um, what is it, body positivity movement or plus size male models. They don't exist. In fact, if you go onto Google search and type in plus size, just two words, plus size, keep scrolling for the next 10 minutes. You won't see a single man. It's I agree. Women. 
As I a agree. woman, you can be whatever shape or size you want. Okay, okay, okay. Hold on. It doesn't make the, a difference. For men, ex- okay. you've got to be in top tier shape. The existence... So, first of all, no, you don't have to be in top tier shape to be, succeed as a man, okay? Um, for, for a second, okay, the reason the body positivity movement has focused more on women is because women needed it more. And the reason for that is because women are body shamed way the fuck more. There was a ton of data on this. Um, when it comes to like, we're not just talking like dating, we're talking like society broadly from like the way you're treated by your parents when you're young, like uh, how moms will often like critique their nine-year-old daughters on eating too much. Like, oh, you don't want to get fat, do you? You know, like you you don't want to be ugly for men, like that kind of shit to like grandmas and aunts doing that same shit to like it, the way they're treated in business. There is a huge, like if you're kind of like a schlubby guy, you don't get made fun of for that in your day-to-day life you don't it might get in the way when you're like dating but in terms of your broader place in society there are tons of guys who are pudgy and not that attractive and it's just fine they're teachers they're they're professionals they're business they're lawyers they're politicians they're everyone but with women there's a much stricter standard and that has been loosening but oh my god like just go back a couple of decades to see how much worse it was back then than it is now right like there's a huge double standard oh another way of looking at it take a look at um female judges lawyers and politicians you can literally just like open up a big list of them on average obviously there are more men but on average like there is such a difference in how you're allowed to look um the further up you go with men versus women tv anchors often TV anchors when their men are attractive, but sometimes they're just like guys. They just kind of look like guys. But you take a look at every Fox News anchor, it's like every single one of the women is like this blonde like lookalike, you know? Sorry, I'm rambling. Um, also, guys do get a, a critical uh, body disorder, okay? It's called manorexia, and they keep fucking going to the gym. <laughs> and they, could, they convince themselves um, that they're not big enough yet when they already have like shoulders the size of bowling balls. And that's probably not good either. We all have to have realistic expectations for ourselves. If I could just say one more thing, I still think I'm still going to double down and say that women, um, you know, get the soft, uh, get a soft spoon when it comes to, um, you know, body, like body positivity. Like if, if in male friendship groups, if there's a guy who's overweight, they'll just straight up tell him to his face like, oh, you fat pig, you know, or something like that. It, it will be a common theme like within that friendship group that the guy is overweight and it's, you know, like not good. It's always got negative insinuations with it. But for a woman, for a female friendship group, if there's a woman who's overweight, um, you know, and she has any doubts or queries about her appearance, like all of the other women in that friendship group are going to be like, oh, no, you're gorgeous. Like there's no, there's nothing wrong with you. You're beautiful just the way you are. Like, you know, it's all of this blowing smoke sort of yeah, stuff Yeah, it seems like on. men suck. Jesus Christ. No wonder I'm mostly friends with women. Oh my God. Hanging hanging out with the guys and it's like, haha, just some male bonding and they're like hitting my face with a, like a two by four, you know? And then you go hang out with women and they know how to compliment people. Holy shit. I don't think it's a compliment to, well, it is a compliment telling a woman who's overweight she's uh, beautiful, but I don't exactly think it's warranted. I think it's uh, you know, quite bad telling now, a women, person women who's aren't, in a bad state uh, to... You can, you can be overweight and be in a fine state, and women aren't stupid. If there's a woman who's fat, she knows she's fat. 
If her friends say you're beautiful, then that statement should be taken as is. It's not like they're pulling the wool over her eyes. Like she doesn't suddenly look down and see like a rippling abdominal wall where her fat used to be. Like she still knows what she is. They're just telling her that she's beautiful in addition to that. I think that's quite nice. Haven't you heard of guys gassing each other up? Like you'll have a guy who's kind of, you know, normal looking or whatever, but but he wants to go talk to a girl at a bar and you'll be like, fucking go get him, King. You fucking, you fucking animal. You god, you goddamn tiger. Go get her. Fuck, get, get out there, you. Like you're all like slapping him on the ass, you know? Like, yeah, you got, you got to gas your, your homies up, you know? Yeah, that does happen. This one coming in from... Gotta Oops. slap his ass. Burning Pete says wheat. I think they mean this sincerely. By what means of determination can one take to determine if someone is just a pile of garbage versus someone who's black-pilled? <laughs> they okay. seem to have a stereotype. Good, good luck with they, that one, Wade. I think they think that black pill, black pill people are piles of garbage, and they want to know, like, what is mm. it? Uh, maybe they're pointing at some of the bad apples from your community. Whatever it is that we want to give you a chance to respond. Oh, there, there's no difference. Every black pillar is the exact same. Um, yeah, we're just all um, evil, uh, women-hating uh, guys who you know like just just want the society to collapse fair enough me too well i hey i'm a i'm a socialist so you know me too um socialists are blackpilled actually about the um the economic realities of capitalism in a way there's actually quite a strong parallel there this one from zia adds it Metz says waffles are you a pretty controlling person and have you considered that maybe women didn't plan activities for you <laughs> was because they weren't that into you. Ooh, that's mean. I don't think that's necessarily the case at all. Now, wait, I'm standing up for my boy here. I've seen my, no, I'm standing up. My boy Wheat Waffles over here. I saw his goddamn SMV video. Well, I have many ideological disagreements with him. I know he puts the effort in, okay? I think I think he's he's putting his, his front foot forward, okay? That's what I think. What do you think, Wheat? Yeah, I agree. Um... I, I I'm you know if if I am asking a woman to do a certain activity with me, like I would be able to read her body language uh, and her level of enthusiasm to gauge whether she's just saying yes for the sake of it or if she's actually wanting to do it. And besides, more often than not, if a woman uh, is half-assing um, her response and just saying yes for the sake of it, more often than not, she would uh, flake on the uh, experience like when it actually comes to doing it anyway so like you know once the date comes around then she'll be like oh no sorry uh you know my dog died or you, just whatever excuse um you know that's probably made up i'm also not in a position to ever accept criticism or hear criticism to other people on this issue because every year of my life that i've been in a relationship and the other person's birthday or our anniversary has happened, or Christmas has happened, or Valentine's Day has happened. It's the same thing where I, I wake up and I see them, and it's like, hey, happy your birthday. And they're like, wow, thanks. I'm just smiling at them. They're like, um, <clears throat> and I'm like, uh, oh, um, do you want to like DoorDash a burger? <laughs> so I can't. I can't. <laughs> I'm fucking terrible at being a boyfriend. I'm sorry. Let's uh, let's continue. 
Juicy to say the least. This one coming in from Belthazar228 <laughs> says, I heard that Vosh is ideal type. Let's see. Okay. Well, we'll skip that one. <laughs> Some of these, you guys, we want uh, we want arguments. We want objections to arguments. Blue hair and pronouns. This one coming in from Coconut Cream Pie strikes again. Oh, I know that. Says, Juggernaut Law. Please address this. Now, I can give you a chance to... I, I pulled it up because I was I was so curious. I was like, what's this? I can give you a chance to define it. Or, Vosh, let me know if you want me to refresh the audience on what Juggernaut Law is. I can give a definition if you like. Oh, okay. Sure. Juggernaut Law, well, um, I'm guessing we're on the same page on it, uh, is the idea that men uh, deliberately want to date women who are of lower social status. You know, a woman who just reads her book at home, has no social circle, no friends, because they think that she'll be less likely to cheat or, you know, she'll be easier to uh, date. Like, because if a woman's got a thousand guys blowing up her inbox on Instagram, then your chance of being able to be being the one guy out of those thousand guys that will get a chance of her is slim to none. But if you as a guy try and date the woman who, you know, has no social circle, no friends whatsoever, then your chances of her are greatly improved. I feel like that's a super insecure way to think about things, right? Um like, ideally, you would just find the person you like the most. Well, I, I always feel when I listen to these theories that they never take into account the fact that, like, it's possible to love a person. I don't I don't know. I don't know if I'm off base on this, but in my experience, like, I don't really plan out a lot of this stuff. I meet people, I talk to people, and if I really like them, I spend time. And then it's like, it's like, okay, well, first of all, you plot the SMV, like, you know, supply-demand graph, and then you determine the optimal, and then you have to treat them to the, the six-point stretch. It's like, well, I don't know. I mean, if you like someone, you like someone. Um, people cheat sometimes. It's not good, but it happens. Probably things you can do to avoid it, I guess. Um, I don't think I've ever been cheated on. So this is... Probably is, bad. This, when I looked this up on Incel's Wiki, it says Juggernaut Law is a theory that the very most unattractive women receive a surprisingly large amount of attention from men, and they have a photo of a woman that basically it looks like Vosh with a wig on. I don't understand. This is Whoa, wait, no she offense. sounds hot. Can you give me her number? She has the hairy chest and everything. It's hairier than yours, Vosh. Is Whoa, what the, what the fuck? I'm getting shown up here. This is... <clears throat> is that what you're saying? It is wheat waffles? Oh, it's a similar sort of principle. Like, I was going, more going the description of a woman with little social circle or friends. Um, but I've also heard the context of juggernaut law being used for unattractive women. So... But they go, kind of go hand in hand. So if you approach the uh, extremely attractive woman, then um, chances are she's going to have a lot of options. But then if a guy thinks, I'm going to go for uh, Ugly Betty over there, then I'm going to have a lot much higher of a chance. Wow. Juggernaut laws when a girl looks like me. That's right. And she's unstoppable at attracting yeah. men. And when she looks like me. And also, um, when she can, uh, oh. any inertia, and she can't be stopped. Exactly. Like the, the juggernaut. That's amazing. Amazing. This one from testing. I think this is our last question of the day. Sorry, folks. We want to we get our guests out of here at a decent time because they, they're busy. So I do want to. Testing says protect the children, quote unquote is also incredibly offensive towards anyone under 18. 
Why is this argument never used against that motivation? Protect the children? I don't know if they mean that it, it sounds patronizing toward kids. Like, people under 18 feel like, they're like, ah, why can't I protect myself? Like, I'm capable. I don't know if that's what they mean. I don't know. If you're under 18, I don't think you, if you're under 18 and you know the term SMV, then you need to, um, your parents need to take your phone away from you. You have so much life to experience. You have to unlearn that term. Juicy wheat waffles, any thought? Um, no, I'm happy to move on to the next question. You got it. I think that, let me just double check. I want to get at least one standard question, and I know there are some early questions. Ben Sharp asked, can can wheat waffles explain what social uh, social market value is? That was like super early. So I think that you, you feel like you've adequately covered that. Uh, it's not social market value, it's sexual market value. And that was the term that Valsh just said uh, to throw in the can if you're below 18. <laughs> you got it. I uh, I calculated thinking... my SMV, you know. Wait, did you see that? Oh, I saw what, that. What, what was your uh, results? Fuck. Um... Wait, did you upload it on, as a video on your channel? Uh, yeah, I think I did. I don't remember if it was on my main or second channel. Wait, somebody in chat has to remember. Was it like a, a was it a 5.5? What did, my mod is saying that it's a 5.5, but that seems kind of high. Maybe it was like a 5.3? I don't know. I That's, feel like I did good. Sounds pretty high. Yeah, that sounds like juggernaut level. <laughs> I think juggernaut's the opposite. It's, <laughs> no, it's pretty good. It's like if you were a woman. I, uh, um, yeah, I, I got to skew things in my favor. I'm tall and I make a lot of money via YouTube. Um, if, if you take those both away and you put me at my spiritual height, which is four feet tall, and my spiritual profession, which is in a trash can, I'd probably be like more three, which feels about right. Juicy. Oh, that's right. I had to take off 0.5 because I, I was in the West at the end. It was 5.5, but then I had to take off 0.5. 0.5, yeah, because right, of the yeah. West. Because I'm not in a college campus and I'm in the West. That's right. I remember. Juicy to say the least. With that, any last thoughts uh, from our guests that you you really wanted to say? I I have to be honest. One thing that I'm you could say impressed by the Black Pill community is their their use of language, especially figurative language, and these phrases that, if I understand right, is this true, Bosch and Wheat Waffles? That so many phrases that are now commonly used. They originated with the black pill community, like kind of like fun and like humorous phrases. I'm just trying to think of what the ones are now that I was thinking. Well, of. it's everything that's like something <laughs> pilled and blank maxing, I think, directly comes from the incel community, doesn't it? Like I'm, I'm, I'm on yeah. my sleepy pill. I'm cozy maxing. Um, <laughs> yeah, all of like the maxing stuff. That's all from the black pill community, God, so basically. Funny. Like the most common term, Chad. You know, which is closest to becoming main yeah well there's that but there's also like looks maxing blank you know, cell. that's emanated from oh yeah and anything cell uh is it's also a like, lot. Yeah, like a lot of etymological weight oh wait how do you feel about um trans maxing wait trans maxing yeah <laughs> um <laughs> i don't like think it's a legitimate option, strategy you know? yeah uh some guys like they've you know done it well it, it only works in one direction if you're a man and you go to a woman then you'll almost certainly well it, assuming that you was a sub five male before and then you go into a woman then you're probably gonna have a better chance however if you're a woman and going into a man then your chances are going to be far less especially if you're a woman who's like average height to below 
because if you're a woman and you're five foot five, then that's, you know, normal and acceptable. But if you're a woman who's five foot five and then you transition to a man who becomes five foot five, uh, then now you're going to be looked down upon because of your height and it's going to be seen Literally. as a serious issue. So what you're saying is everyone who did your video who got less than a five should hit the switch and get some estrogen. Um, it, that's it not time? what I'm saying. It's time. <laughs> you, is it time? You said that, not me. Okay, gotcha. Uh, you're you're implying it. I I see. You get a, the the new apex of Western transgenderism from the Wheat Waffles channel. Just a bunch of people um, re-rolling their character IRL um, after a sub five rating, going on easy mode and dating at least. Uh, I I've, I've actually enjoyed this conversation a lot. I came in super sleep deprived, but I'm feeling energized, and that means I had a good time. Thank you both very much, James wheat waffles thank you my pleasure i've heard someone told me this i want to know what you guys both think of it because it's just too interesting for me to not ask allegedly for a person who transmaxed and if the, if you haven't pieced it together and you're the audience and you're like i still don't actually understand what trans basically for a man who's given up hope i think it's been pretty obvious a man who's given up hope he might transition become a woman or a trans woman whatever is basically and get dates and i've heard I don't know if it's true. You can tell me that when a person has transmaxed and then they go on Tinder or Bumble, whatever it might be, and they crush it. Is this true? Do you guys know? It is true. Yeah. Uh, well, for, for men that go to women, it is true. I have, from every trans woman I've ever heard who talked about being on Tinder before and after transitioning, it is always better after transitioning. So we know we have empirical evidence that transmaxing is an effective strategy. Um, for, for a serious like video that talks on this, um, ContraPoints, uh, Natalie Wynn, has a video entitled Men, where she talks about this. It's actually an excellent video, and she's in lingerie the whole time. But she says it's to appeal to the male gaze, and it works. So um, that's a good watch. You know, it talks about this a little bit. Super interesting. And this last question, LaHerp just squeezed this one last question in. Says, Vosh, would a systemic analysis of dating understand women having had monopolized the dating market as capital owners which systemically locks some men out and there should be paid sex worker welfare whispers quietly are women bourgeois <laughs> yes as as a as a proud um advocate for the proletarian interest i will yes uh, women are bourgeois and um under communism there will be no women there will only be men large burly men in uh, workman's caps and overalls uh, swinging sledgehammers to construct gigantic statues of men um, just sort of infinitely until we run out of quarries. Juicy to say the least. We'll let our guests go. We want to say a huge thank you to Vosh and Wheat Waffles. It has been a true pleasure to have you with us today. Thank you both very much. It's been a delight. No worries. Thank you for having me on. It's been a good debate. Yeah. Y'all take care. I'm going right, to drink more coffee. Thank you. Right. You as well. Thank you. I'll be back in a moment, folks, to let you know about upcoming debates, including DebateCon that you can see at the bottom right of your screen. Thanks. So stick around. And if you haven't yet, hit that like button as we appreciate that support. Stick around. I'll be right back.